It's pretty amazing that we have taken a word that is so famous and made it mean so many different things. Because if you think about the word love, let alone if you grew up in the church and you know there's agape, phileo, and eros in the Greek, even if you've never been in church a day in your life, you can have all sorts of forms of love. You can absolutely love Hagao, right? And you should. It's amazing. In the same way, you absolutely should love your wife or your husband and your children. But even how you love your wife or your husband is different than how you love your kids, I hope. And in the same way, we love our friends. But yet again, that's different. We love going to the movies, but yet again, that's different still. We love reading, but still that's different. We just use that word so much that it almost seems like it doesn't really mean much of anything, does it? That's not all that different than 2,000 years ago because there was this church in Corinth, hadn't been around more than 20, 30 years They knew the right answers, but they had a really hard time putting all of the right answers into practice. One might read the book, especially the first letter Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, and he write, you might entitle it, Why Can't We All Just Get Along? So if you want to write in your margins of your Bibles, if you still use like a physical Bible where you can write uh, on it, That could be your subtitle for the letter to 1 Corinthians. Can't we all just get along? Because that is Paul's cry for his family. He loves this church, but he also has this this patronly affection for it that says, you know better, and I'm going to help you love better. And I'm going to walk you all the way through all sorts of different things and what that looks like. So today, we're going to dive in to the very last verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then move into just the first three verses of chapter 13. These verses that usually get skipped over when we talk about the love chapter, because they take work to think about them. So usually we just skim right over to love is patient, love is kind, and we look at our spouse and our friends and say, you should be like that, right? We want everybody else to be patient, kind, and all those things, and then we forget that maybe we should as well. But God's Word is so powerful, and I'm going to read it to start. I want you, if you've got your sermon notes, you're going to need them today, because we're going to cover a lot of ground in a little bit of time. But as we frame and as we get ready to hear from you of what did God do when you loved like Jesus last week, I want you to remember the most excellent thing. Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. He's just spent uh, a good chunk of his letter talking about spiritual gifts and that we are the church. We are called as brothers and sisters in Jesus to use the abilities and the spiritual gifts God has given us to build the kingdom, to show people what it means to love like Jesus. And we're going to talk about that more. But see, Paul, he stops there. He says, okay, we've talked about the gifts You should understand them, and now I will show you a different way. Nah, he doesn't say that. He says, I'm going to show you the most excellent way, the best way there is to live. I'm going to show you what that means. 
And by the way, you can't take 1 Corinthians 13 in isolation because all of the letters to Corinth cry out to the person of Jesus Christ. What we've remembered here, who Jesus is, he is our savior, the one that paid the price for our sins and for those that believe on him that are saved and brought into right relationship with God, our father who is in heaven. All of that bleeds throughout every verse in 1 Corinthians. And so we can't take this and separate love from Jesus. Okay, keep that in mind. Because Paul then jumps into verse 1 and he says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. What do you mean, Mike? What's that mean? You ever hear a little kid go nuts over there on that drum set? You ever hear that? Sometimes it's one of my kids. That's what it means. You just, it's like noise. And we don't want that. Paul goes on and he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have a faith that can move mountains but I don't love, then he digs in deeper. He digs deeper still for us as we examine who we are and he says, I am nothing. If I'm really great, if I'm really holy but I have not love, I'm nothing. That's a powerful statement. I am nothing without love. And then he goes on. And these are, like, all of these are great things. So he's framing it. He's making sure we understand. He says, if I give all I possess to the poor, remember that verse we read this morning to start, the call to worship, and they gave all they had to care for the needs of one another and no one among their midst had need. Acts chapter 2 and again in Acts chapter 4. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I can boast and say, hey, I did that really well. I gain nothing. I've wasted my time. So what I wanted us to do as we start is I want us to consider, hey, AIC, how are we loving? I'm not asking you to boast on yourselves because that wasn't the homework assignment last week. Remember, your homework assignment was very specific. First, Read 1 Corinthians 13 every day. Some of you try not to make eye contact with me at this point because you didn't do it. It's okay. There's grace. Because guess what? It's your homework again this week too. And if you read your bulletin, you'll notice it's going to be your homework every week in the month of August. So keep reading it. You see, when we read God's word, we begin to internalize it and carry it around with us. And then we were told that we were going to pray and we were going to ask God to open our hearts and our eyes and our ears to someone around us that needed love, right? Whether it's inside the home or outside. Sometimes it's far easier to love those outside our home than in. Yeah? Nobody wants to agree with that, but yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then, because, you know, it's great to pray for other people that they would change. So fun, right? Lord, fix them. That's why the next part of our homework assignment was so important. Seek them out and spend time with them, loving them the way Jesus has loved us. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask that God would loosen our tongues, that we would testify to how he gave us opportunity to love the way we have first been loved. Remember what Mark reminded us of? Really, the apostle John reminded us of. We love because Christ first loved us. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of love that we are called, we are told, we are implored to give away. 
I pray that our church family right now would courageously stand up and say, hey, I love because we have, I am first loved by God. And this is what he's doing in my life this week. So Lord, I pray that these next few moments would be a celebration of your great love at work in and through us. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so this is how this is going to go. AIC, as long as I can remember, hasn't done this in a long time, expect, except maybe at our Good Friday and our Christmas Eve service. This idea of testimonies is old church style where people get up and share. So I got to give you a couple of instructions for everyone's sake. Keep your testimony brief, you know, so that more people get the chance to share. And remember that we're not saying what we did, we're saying what God did through us. With that, this guy dug up here in the corner, and I can give another microphone away to somebody. I would love to hear from you. Those of you that did your homework or that have seen God at work this week, how did God give you the chance to love others this week? There we go. Somebody's raising their hand. Awesome. And please do tell us your name as well so that we can celebrate with you. We're an international church. We don't know everybody's name. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm Marife. Um, I just, I'm just touched with, with the message of this month. Uh, last, last week I wasn't here, but I asked my group mate what was the message, and he said it's from First John 1, and, and the, the, the theme was about God is love. So in my experience, this past few weeks, uh, uh, my family is afflicted with diseases. It began from my grandparents, but now they are passed away. And now my cousin is, uh, been, has been diagnosed with a cervical cancer. And uh, this last week, I, I suffered from severe, severe pain in my tummy, but I don't know the cause. Uh, they prescribed me a medicine, but it, it wasn't working. But uh, I praise God because through prayers of my groupmates and the one I shared for a prayer with me, God answered it, and now I am uh, better. Now I am well. But uh, my testimony about love is that love is, is Jesus Christ. To understand how he loves me and how this love I shared to other people, especially in my friends that who's not here, but I have communication in Facebook. I have shared my experience how God uh, relieve me from those from this experience of sickness that you know I couldn't bear the pain, but still I God give me strength, God give me the grace to still work, and then the power of love that Jesus Christ brings me because uh, it says in uh, Philippians four that uh, <coughs> the peace of God that uh, uh, transcends uh, all understanding in Christ is is not about only Jesus Christ is my Lord, but the love of Christ that, that is in me that gives me power to overcome all those trials and share Amen. it to others, and it gives them the hope and strength, and hopefully uh, they will receive Christ as their Savior because Amen. most of them are, are, aren't, uh, are not saved. Amen. Thank you, Marife. Did you hear it? Not only did God use her, and by the way, we can often complain about the ills of the internet and how it's taken us and turned us into zombies. 
but she's able to communicate with people all over the world of what God has done in her life. And at the same time, God used her community group to show her love as she went through a different time. We are called to be the body of Jesus Christ in tangible ways, ways we can feel and touch. So thank you. Someone else. And do remember, let's keep them uh, brief. And what God has done is you love others is our goal. We want to inspire one Good another. Morning, as God everybody. Works I praise and thanks God because he loves me so much that all everything of my life that I can pray to God, and especially tonight, last night, that I pray to God that who's the one, the people that I can bring here. But I don't know who is that. And then now, this morning when I, when I wake up, my, one of my friends, that one that I besides me, she called me that she wants to follow me here in my church. So thank you, Lord. I said, thank you for your love. Thank you for hearing of my prayer. Amen. Lord, who can I love? And God brings them to her. Amen. Uh. Anyone else? All the way up front. Here, Doug, I got this one. I'll save you some work. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Sydney. You yeah. um, I'm Sydney. Um, very briefly, um, actually, last week I was not here because I need to escort my mother to a Chinese church. But uh, I, I think I'm practicing this. Because uh, 20 days ago, uh, one of my ex-colleagues in the hotel, day, uh, she's already married in Japan. But uh, she suffered from some ego spirit and all that. And she's been doing all sorts of things that she could, but uh, could, could not help. And she couldn't sleep, things like that. Seven by twenty-four, very uh, suffering a lot. And then she resorted to calling me. Uh, the last time I talked to her is already two decades ago. But she remember, I, I'm a Christian who is relying on the power of God. So she called long distance. We spoke for one hour, and then um, actually it was an inconvenience time. But I know that I remember God is patience, God <laughs> is love. So um, how dare if I say that? Hey, I'm busy. I cannot because God is so patient. He waited for me for so long. So I. Talk to her. We cut the story short. So in the past week, uh, two weeks, we've been talking to each other, pointing her to Jesus, pointing her to the local the body of Christ in Japan, things like that. And she's now, um, she's now, she's now getting better and better. The good thing is she repents, and she said that she because they deserted God a long time ago, and now she's coming back. Mm-hmm. So I think this is praise to the Lord. Amen. Okay, that's all. Thank you. Did you hear that? Haven't talked to her in twenty years. But God gave me the opportunity. Who am I to say I'm too busy? Because God is patient with us. Amen. Thank you. I'll give one more chance. I don't need to preach much with these testimonies. No? Oh, King. And I got two more chances, so. Uh, uh, Hi, I'm King. And uh, last weekend... uh, I saw the um, six, seven of us went to China, and I saw a demonstration of love by the team to reach out to um, two groups, two different groups of uh, people uh, in two different conferences. They gave up their time and their resources and energy to minister to the, to the people they met in China. And then on Sunday night, uh, doing a cell group, uh, one young lady of the cell group uh, will be leaving to a different city. She's nervous and she's um, anxious. And the group decided to bless her by each of us sharing a, a verse or verses with her. 
and then laying on hands to send her off so that she's, to let her know that she's not going off by herself. So, uh, yeah, praise God that we're able to do that. Uh, for the team that went into China last weekend, I'm ho- hoping that maybe next week they don't know this yet. Uh, they'll be sharing a little bit more during the service next week. Amen. Thanks, King. One more. Pastor Stan. And no, I didn't stage this. God gave me a lot of extra opportunities to love my wife this week. (laughs) We have been uh, dealing with her broken left arm, and so I've gotten to put her shoes on, put her socks on, do the dishes, get the meals, and uh, God gave me a special school of love this week. Amen. And thank you all. Uh, we prayed for Marianne last week, and we've continued to pray. Her surgery was, as far as we know, a, a success. She is home resting now, so continue to pray for full recovery, uh, that there would be no uh, further problems. But you see, that's the thing about love, is the reason the world has such a hard time defining it is because it is so big. It can range from physical touch to words, to typing in Facebook, to many, many other things. But true love always starts with the truth of God. So as we prepare to look at these first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13, I want us to consider, and we'll watch this video more than once over the next couple weeks, but I want you to consider, how about us? How are we Jesus said, This is the first and greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love others as you love yourself. So the question is, do you love? I mean, do you really live the definition of love? Are you patient? Are you kind? Do you celebrate in the blessings of others? Are you humble? Have you died to self? Are you slow to anger? Do you keep no record of wrongs? Do you always protect? Always trust? Always hope? Always persevere? This is what it means to love, the way God intended. So the question remains, do you love? want us to consider today just that. But before we get to those verses that he referred to, we have to start ahead of that. What motivates us in the first place to love? Why, why love? What's the big deal? We know it means all these things that's encompassing. And when we look at the Bible, we know the love that the Bible talks about, if you've If you've ever heard it, it's supposed to be this love that at the heart of it is serving. It's giving itself away. Love that takes isn't love at all. It's selfish. We know this, but how do we take that from here to here to here? How do we take it from our head to our heart to our hands and to our mouths? Last week, just in case you missed it, you've gotten your sermon notes. I reviewed it for you. We made really six points, but I summarized them to five because I needed the space on your worksheets this week. And it's, we started with the fact that God is love. Deep down, we're all supposed to know that. And we're all supposed to understand that. And if God is love, he is the answer to fear and shame. 
And if he's the answer to fear and shame, we know that he then loves us. Why do we know that? Because he gave his only son to be a ransom for many. He gave his son so that our sins might forget, be forgiven. The texts go on and on. All of God's word points to the fact that he loves his creation and he wants to bring us back to himself. And in so doing, he invites us to love him and enjoy the life we were created to live. And then finally, as we do that, as we realize that our love is a response not an action first. It's a response to the love we've already received. We love one another and love a world that often doesn't deserve our love. And so that's where we left things last week. This week, we want to go a step further. And we want to look at the question of what motivates our love? Because that's kind of what Paul's getting at. And we start with the church folk. Can we do that? Because here's the deal, you're in church, so I'm going to call you church folk. And in church, over the past uh, little bit of time, like little bit, I mean the past couple of eons, churches have gotten really good at times of telling people how Christian they are. Of showing, hey, look at us up here, but forgetting the poor, the needy, the widow, forgetting that we need time worshiping our God, not just going through the motions. Church has, in many ways, become more a ritual than a relationship. And that demotivates anybody. If it's just another box to tick off, I showed up at church today, look at me, I'm better, you've missed the point already. And all of 1 Corinthians is kind of written around this theme of if we're just doing it for the sake of doing it, we've missed it. The church is about the love of God that so permeates, that so goes through us, that we can't help but have fun bringing other people into that sort of love. Because what happens when we love like Jesus loves? Did you catch the last bit of Acts chapter 2? And every day new people were coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Was it was because the preaching was so amazing? No, it was because people were loving and showing there's a better way to live. But there are things that we need to think about. First, we know, and if you really think about this, now maybe you say, well, I'm not touchy-feely, Mike. I don't need love. I need answers. I need logic and reason and truth. Yeah, absolutely. No argument from me whatsoever. But at the end of the day, even the highest level introvert, the highest level person that gets their energy not from other people, but from certain other things, longs to be known, don't we? We long for people to understand us. We long to know we are valuable. We cry out hoping that somebody would love us the way we think we've loved them. John Stott says it so well, as fish are made for water, humans are made for love. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or claiming, clanging cymbal. 
what demotivates us from the fact that we are supposed to love? Why isn't the church loving? Because if we look around our world and you went out on the streets and you asked around different pockets of cultures in different parts of the world. Now, it may be different depending on where you found yourselves, but a whole lot of the world sees the church as nothing but a lot of either rules or a lot of hate or intolerance, and they've missed the point of what it means. Now, before I go in, I I used a word that can be a dangerous word these days. That's the word intolerance. The church should be against sin. Don't misunderstand me. We're not called to say, oh, that sin's okay because culture has changed. God's word doesn't change. But what we are called to is to love people along their journey, pointing them to Jesus Christ with the same love that Jesus has given us. That can mean different things in different situations. For those that know better, sometimes that's tough love. For those that have no idea who Jesus is, they need to know there's a better way to love. But there are things that can easily demotivate us from love. And so we want to look at that today. That word demotivate, it's a fancy word. If you're around uh, business culture, you've heard of a a 360 degree review, a 360 review. Anybody ever heard of those other than Sydney and HR and our HR team? A 360 review is where anonymously people are allowed to answer a bunch of questions about you that, that might help you understand and evaluate some of your strengths and what you're doing well, and also some of your blind spots. And it can be a, it can be a painful experience. <laughs> it's not one we like to go through. And one of the questions that is asked that uh, even we do when our, our, our staff team can go through staff evaluations uh, periodically, we look at this idea of what as your lead pastor has demotivated you, demotivated, made you not want to do your best, made you not want to work. There are things inside the church that demotivate us things that make us not want to live the life we know we're called to live. And that's how Paul starts 1 Corinthians 13. He doesn't start with love is all these things. He starts with look at what happens if we lose sight of it. And what's the first one he says? He says, if I speak in the tongues of man or of angels, but have not love. What's that mean? Well, go back a chapter and read what Paul has had to say about the spiritual gifts. And yes, Paul does speak in tongue, or yes, Paul does address speaking in tongues. We are not afraid of speaking in tongues. It is not something I have ever been given the opportunity to do, and I would love if God so filled me in such a way, and if it was public, if there was an interpreter, and he used us mightily to speak that way, but as such, he hasn't. But some people can so emphasize this gift over here, this speaking in tongues. And you know what? You can fill in any of the spiritual gifts that they've elevated it. And they've said, well, if you don't do that, clearly you're not a really good Christian. If you don't act this way, if you don't have this gift, then you're over here and I'm over here. What is that? It's division and not the math kind. The you're not good enough. But here's the thing. God's word is pretty clear when Paul, the same guy, writes, there is no one righteous. No, not one. So that means that if I, as Mark did earlier, if I self-assess, then all of a sudden I have to understand that, oh, 
I'm over here too. Gifts without love. If I show, just because Mike can get up front and, and, and act like he's not nervous every time he opens God's word with us together, that means he must be at this level and you must be. Nope, it doesn't work like that. God has called us all to love and walk together. Not to be divisive, not to say, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not good enough. He doesn't stop there, though. Then he goes on and he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a... I'll stop, because then he goes on to faith. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... If God has given me this wisdom that allows me to see things in a different way than a lot of people, but I don't do it out of love, you know what that makes me? Prideful. It makes, look, you guys just really don't understand the world. Let me show you how much I know. Let me show you how good I am at figuring things out. It's not why God gives the gift. It's not to point to us. It's to edify. It's to build up the saints. It's to build up the people. It's to show the world who God is. But instead, we see people that become superstars. And that's not what we're called to. Then he goes on, and what does he say next? And if I have faith that can move mountains. But Mike, I thought we're supposed to have faith. Oh my goodness, yes. Faith is amazing, and it is a gift from God. Some of you have such faith that as our family went through kind of an uncertain time over the past two, three, four months, you're like, Mike, and you weren't just giving me the platitude of, oh, it'll be all right. Oh, that's like the worst sentence in the world. Because sometimes it just won't be all right, right? You know, but then there were others that said, hey, did God put you here? Then are you confident in who he is? That's faith with love. That's what we need. Faith without love says, ah, you don't get it. You're not trusting God enough. I trust God enough. You ever see that? Oh, you doubt God. How dare you doubt God? To those that would say that, have you read a psalm? (laughs) Have you read much of the Old Testament? Being doubtful of God as we into real relationship with him was kind of natural and god welcomed it and then helped people see his glory is better than their doubts faith without love is arrogant look at all i can do for god it's i'm awesome he doesn't stop this one's tough if i give all i have to the poor but mike isn't that awesome Isn't that great? Awesome. Another word that we've cheapened. Yes, absolutely. Generosity is amazing. Generosity without love, though, is obligation. I'm still understanding. I know, yes, I've been here for 12 years. I'm still learning different parts of culture and manners that happen here. For instance, it's red and it's made to have money that goes inside it. Lysi, I'm still trying to figure out what that means for a wedding, okay? And I don't understand, but I know I am supposed to give based on how nice the hotel is and based on who it is and how much I love them. And there's all these conditions. 
That doesn't, by the time I put the money in the envelope, it doesn't feel very loving. It feels like I have to do this. I'm obligated. Now, I absolutely love the couple, but man, that's a lot of rules, right? Isn't that sometimes how the church or people outside the church view the church? Look at all those rules. By the way, Lycee is awesome. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful tradition that I really wish America had so that the father of the daughters didn't have to pay for the wedding. But that's a side note for premarital counseling. Um, I love it. It's not that I'm trying to be critical, but understanding it can feel very ritualized, very much like there's more rules, where's the love, right? And in the same way, it can take away our joy. Then finally, he says, what if I just give myself? How could that be wrong? Well, he says it right there in the very next part of it. If I give, if I sacrifice myself to hardship so that I might boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. If I do it so that I can show other people, look at how great I suffer. Well, you've got a martyr complex. And in the bottom line, and I'm going to finish this part up real simply, did you notice that each one of these things without love always points back to ourselves? Any one of these things without love points to us, not to him. Real love always, always, always points people to God. And so what then motivates us to love? How then are we motivated to love? Well, it starts with understanding what we did right here. Christ's love compels us. I, that word, I was going to say I love that word. <laughs> I got to think of a better way. I'm, I'm a big fan of that word compels. It pushes us to a different kind of love. How? Well, when we know that we are loved will understand how to love. A guy named Matt Marr sang that. Uh, you can, I can tell you where you can find that song if you want to hear his whole point. So then, how are we motivated to love if we want to be opposite of demotivating? If we want to motivate a different kind of love, what's that look like? Well, let's go real simple. Gifts with love bring people together. Unity. Well, duh, Mike. Then why isn't the church around the world known by how we work together for his glory? Because we get caught up saying it's got to be our way. And that's no fun for anybody. Right? Gifts with love say, God has gifted me this way, and he has gifted you this way, and you this way. Let's get together and see what D.L. Moody talked about when he said, man has yet to see what God could do with a person wholly consecrated to him. What could God do when we got together and said, we all have gifts and abilities. Let's use them to honor him and let's do it together. We have amazing opportunities right here in Wampo, especially with the new MTR that's opened and new kinds of people coming into our community, new kinds of people coming into this school community and Christian Alliance International School and the fact that we live in one of the most global cities in the world. Opportunity is everywhere. In this room right now, I was doing the math last night when I couldn't sleep. I figure we have over 20-some languages or dialects spoken. Think about that for a second. 
And no, that's not just different versions of English. That's different dialects, different peoples, tribes, and nations that we have connection with. That if we get this, we can invite people in even if they don't understand this short little American. They can understand you as the Holy Spirit gives you his words to say. How could God use me as I surrender to him? Second, knowledge with love. Oh man, this is, this is so cool. Because Paul's talking prophecy here, just as he says the gift of tongues can be used to bring people together specifically. But all of the gifts are so... And I, I got to back up there. I forgot to say one thing. We heard a little bit that Marianne had broken a bone. Have you ever broken a bone? Some of you have. I'm on number 14 now, so I've got some experience. Um, most of them small. And I've never needed surgery. I've never understood that, thankfully. But you know, when a bone is broken, you don't work right, right? You either limp or you've got an arm that's hanging that's not working right. A church without you using the spiritual gifts you've been given is a broken arm. It's that simple. Not only are you just being lazy, and I know I'm being bold, but you are actually keeping the church from being what we're called to be by saying you're too busy, by saying you're not good enough. How dare you tell God you're too busy and not good enough when he is love, he is patient, he is those things, right? So then we move on and we understand that there's knowledge You heard me say it a lot because I love living in the smartest city in the world. Hong Kong has the highest per capita IQ according to statistics of anywhere in the world. There's a lot of knowledge here. Now, Paul is speaking to the gift of prophecy specifically, but in that there's knowledge that puffs up and there's knowledge that builds up. Knowledge that builds up finds ways to be creative in how we help people move toward the love of Christ. The word up there is creativity because I ran out of screen space. Really, it's creative problem solving. God has given some of you the ability not to react first, but to begin looking at this as an opportunity. Here's how God might work if we get out of the way and invite him to use his creativity in us. You've got a mind, he invites you to use it. You've got abilities. He invites you to use them. What's our first reaction to a problem typically? Ah! Right? No. When we look at a problem, what if our first reaction was, God, here we are. You've brought us to this point. How could we creatively trust you and go where you would have us to go? I think that might make the church a little different. Think more people might be involved? I do. Can you tell I, I, I enjoy talking about these things? Then as we step out in faith, we talk about faith. Faith is being confident in God. Faith has nothing to do with you. Faith has everything to do with our belief that God is who he says he is. Who is he? He is love. If he is love and if he is in control, then faith should be easy. Now, I know I say that, and there's times when you wonder what he's got next. We're living in one of those times. We don't know how God's going to put all the pieces together. But faith with love 
transforms communities. Because people see that even if they don't have all the answers, they're following, as A.W. Tozer says, they're following hard after God. They're chasing him, knowing that his way is the best way. And they trust him because he never fails. And lives are transformed. What about generosity? What do we do with that? Generosity with love equals compassion. One of the key themes in the book of Leviticus that we miss because most of us get to Leviticus and we fall asleep, let's be honest, you know, it's the third book in the Bible, it's all the laws, and we're like, what is the point? Have you noticed how much of Leviticus calls us to love our neighbor, calls us to care for those that don't have, calls us every seven years to give the land a break, calls us every so many years to return land that was bought with debt to give it back so that people are provided for, that God calls his people to care. That's not just a new covenant thing through Jesus. God has always cared. He has always called us to be a people of compassion. James says true religion is this, not to be polluted by the ways of the world and to look after the orphans and widows. Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. You get my point. We are called to be a people of compassion. Why do the ushers stand in the back every first Sunday of the month? So that you can compassionately give a little bit extra to our benevolent fund. So that as people have needs, we can help out. Why are we so passionate about ministries like Eden Ministry that rescues women and children from sexual slavery? Because the world has forgotten them and we will not. Because Jesus didn't forget us. I could go on and on and on, but you get the point. Generosity with love is compassion that compels us to love. Finally, what if I sacrifice with love? I know it sounds simple, but sacrifice with love is obedience. Because the ultimate sacrifice was already given for us. Jesus Christ gave his life as a ransom for many. We could never offer up enough to repay that debt. But because he first loved us, we can love a world in ways that are sacrificial. In ways that might cost us a lot, but that we will never regret. You've heard me talk before about missionaries or what we call the all-star Christians that when you hear their stories, you're like, wow, I wish I was like them. And really, at the end of the day, the only difference is surrender. The only difference is they just said they would go where God called them. We get the opportunity to walk with a family like that starting next week, I believe, or in the next two weeks. That's Joyce and Henri Samatu and their kids. They're moving back here for a year to get ready for what God is doing as he has moved them. Notice they're operating in faith. They're not saying, God, do it this way. Every step of the journey has been, Lord, we're just going to go where you tell us. And the government gave them land to build this new hospital. So they're coming back to prepare for that. We can love them and we can sacrifice with them and we can help support them in a very tangible way. Read in your bulletin and then go chase Victor down after to say, I'm big and strong and I'm going to help move furniture next Saturday. Next Saturday. If you don't know what I'm talking about, read your bulletin after the sermon. Did you get that? 
Sacrifice is a joyful thing when it's done knowing that it's pleasing to God. We're not giving anything up. We're giving back to him who has given us everything. You see the difference? Sacrifice in the biblical term isn't actually giving anything up. It's gaining the glory of God. It's saying there is nothing better than following him. Yeah, Mike, I agree. Do you? Does your life tell that story? My prayer is that, that we would courageously go toward what he has for us, even as he doesn't tell us all of the points along the way. You ever notice we tell God how to tell us the answers? And sometimes he says, wait on me. We will sacrifice, we will courageously move forward, and we will trust in him. And as we look next week at what love is, and what it is not, will say, God, have mercy on us, a sinner, and transform us into a people that makes a miraculous difference in the world because living in the fullness of God's love is the most excellent way to live. There's no better way to live than in the center of God's will is another way to say it. I've adapted a D.L. Moody quote that I referred to earlier. If you don't know who D.L. Moody is, he's one of the pioneers of the modern-day church. And he famously said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. I aim to be that man. What if we change that for the church? And we said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a people fully consecrated. Mike, I don't get that word. All that word means is sold out or given apart for Jesus, that everything about your life is all for Jesus. What if AIC was a people fully God's, ready to do whatever he would have for us. Can you imagine what Hong Kong might be like if we invited other people in to say, look what God is doing, come with us along the journey. So what do we do next? What now? I already told you what some of the homework is. First, you ready? And by the way, you already know, they're at the bottom of your sermon notes. And if, in case you're afraid, well, I don't know how to find 1 Corinthians 13, turn your sermon notes over. I made it as easy as I could for you. Stick them on your refrigerator. And if, if you didn't get a sermon sheet this week, both this week and last week's sermon notes will be uploaded on the podcast section of our website. In other words, we really want you to remember this stuff. So what do we do? Read 1 Corinthians 13 every day. Even a slow reader, it doesn't take more than five minutes. Now, if you slow down and you chew on it, it can take all day. And it can be going through your mind over and over again when that idea of eating the word of God becomes very real. Second, ask God what motivates you to love. Is it because of what I want to get or because of who he is? But don't tell him the answer. Ask him to examine you. I'm not promising that's going to be pleasant. In fact, I'm promising you that it might be a little bit uncomfortable. It has been for me this week. But in so doing, as he refines us with fire, it burns. But as he sharpens us, we glow with his light and love. Then, oh, here you go. I'm asking you to move on from what you can do to what you can see. So many people in this world have a hard time believing that they're any good. Have you noticed that? 
We live in a world that is constantly told, you are a failure, you're not good enough, study harder, work harder, do harder, be better, blah, 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 blah. How many times in any given day does somebody hear somebody tell them, I see this in you, and I'm so thankful for that. I see love in you. I see wisdom in you. Oh, you contributed so well in this, and I thank you for that. This week, talk one person this week about the love that you see in them. How are they loving? They might not even be a Christian, and you can still see love in them. And they might say, why would you say that? Then you get to say, because God first loved me, and I want you to experience a little of his love. Well, how would I do that, Mike? Well, let me tell you. And just like that, you get to tell somebody about the love of Jesus. Mike, it isn't that simple. Uh Uh-huh, sometimes it really is. If love is compelling us, it really is that simple. And then what do we do? We come back next week and we tell God what he's done. And we tell our brothers and sisters in Christ. You with me? Let's pray. God, you are so good and your faithful love endures forever. And the world needs to know what a true Christian is. And your word is very clear in what it tells us that a true Christian is. It's one that loves you and loves others. May we be that kind of people. Amen.